0: what's up guys and welcome to the different church online service whether you're listening on a podcast or watching through YouTube we are so thankful that you're here today my name's Quinn and I'm so excited to be tuning in with you guys and before we get started into the series I wanted to let you guys know about all the different ways you can get involved in the church whether you're looking to be a part of it or give you can go through our website dfrnt.church and just follow all the tabs but if you're someone like me who's just always online you can follow us on all of your favorite social media forms and get connected there Now, we're in a series called I Hate the Holidays. The holiday season can be very chaotic and not cute, and in the midst of all the chaos and stress, are we still able to find Jesus in it all? Now, enough about me and being a little Grinch. Let's just get hopped right into the series. Different Church, everybody in-house, how are we feeling today? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Hey, everybody online, I don't know if you're listening on the podcast or you're watching online YouTube, MySpace, Neopets. I have no idea how you got here. Man, I just want to say thank you so much. And hey, listen, from my family to yours, whether you're in-house or online, Merry Christmas. You're on the treadmill right now. You ever eaten so much ham, you feel like a ham, and you just got to work it off, you got to go run? I just want to remind you, stay healthy this holidays, because that's what we've been saying. You know how everybody... All around, if you get a card, if you go to the store, what do they say? Happy what? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. But as a church, and if you know, you've been rocking online, you're in-house, you've been rocking for a while, what have we been saying? Not happy holidays, but what? Healthy holidays. How do I, listen, how do I stay healthy? Because I can, listen, ain't nobody fake smiles more than Christians on Christmas. You already know, you get your, you you put your filter on, you look good, you smile, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and then you go and you just cuss everybody out on the freeway? Y'all know, listen, you know, because it's so easy to look happy, the hard part, what's easier, smile with with your husband or your wife, or actually have the hard conversations to be happy with your husband or wife? Listen, y'all don't want to talk today, online, they don't want to talk today, I'm telling you, they don't want to do it, healthy doesn't happen. It is sought after. If I can't wake up every morning going, why don't I have a six pack? If I'm not doing things to get a six pack, I can't just wake up and go, I, I'm going to have a million dollars in my bank account. No, that comes with hard work. That comes with the grind. I can't wake up and go, I hope my marriage is happy. No. And I haven't had one conversation about health in our marriage. We cannot expect healthy to just happen Healthy has to be something that every single morning I wake, up, I wake up intentionally and read the word. I wake up intentionally and worship the Lord. I wake up intentionally and get my butt to church because I am trying to seek health. And more, more times than anything else, I want to be happy more than I want to be healthy. And y'all already know what, what are they call the honeymoon phase. You already know. Ain't nobody mad on their honeymoon. Ain't nobody fighting on a cruise ship. But you don't live on a cruise ship, do you? You don't live in a honeymoon, do you? There are times where you've got to buckle in and go. And, and this, listen, in the same And I'm not just talking about marriage, the same about your Christian walk. A lot of us just want God to do everything, genie in a lamp. Let me rub this thing. Okay, make everything good. And he's like, but you haven't read. What did you think was going to happen? You haven't worshipped. What did you think was going to happen? And we have to seek health over anything else. But can I keep it real? And I know with, with the holidays and stuff like that, there's a lot of trauma online. I already know there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of, hear me, there's a lot of finances. These gifts ain't free. Listen, these gifts ain't free. I, listen, I'm done. I'm done giving Santa the, uh, the, oh, Santa did it now. Santa didn't pay for this I got to keep it real with you. He's somewhere, but these gifts ain't for him. <laughs> Listen, he may be somewhere these gifts aren't from him because I, I paid some good money and I'm going to put my name on the gift. You're going to know who gave it to you. You're going to know who bought it for you. You're going to know. But isn't there something no matter how traumatic your life has been, no matter how painful your life has been, no matter you, you, you've had the worst life ever. There's something ain't nobody sad opening a gift. I know it's like there's something about like you're never not have you never go. I got another gift to open. I hate my life. I got another gift. No, ever since you were a child, there is. And, and I feel like the older I get, the more excited I get because someone's about to pay my electric bill. I got more. I need gifts for now. Back in the day, they gave me a pack of Pokemon cards. I don't know what to do with it. Now I'm I'm taking I'm leave the receipt. I'm paying this electric bill with it. You already know. But there's something about my life. There's something about us. It's almost like we were made to receive gifts. It's almost like our life, we, we have something placed inside of us. And it's actually um, in Ephesians 2, it says that God gave us a gift called grace. He gave us a gift. So from the very beginning, within the fiber of every single part of your being, you know why you love to receive gifts? God created you with something that desires to receive gifts because it desires to receive grace. It desires to receive mercy. It desires to receive love. That's something you like to do. That's something that every human being, we can all agree on. It doesn't matter what it is. I know it's socks. I'm still hyped to open it. And the older I've gotten, the more I like underwear and socks. You ain't lying because I'm not about to Stop. Can Can I bring some gifts out? Because I think that there is something about our life. And I think the dangerous part is a lot of us, especially if you've been in church for a long time, you've been saved for a long time. You've gotten used to receiving gifts, haven't we? It loses its magic the older we get, doesn't it? Receiving gifts, it loses the magic. I've been opening gifts for a long time. So when I see a gift like this under the tree, I already know. I've opened about 18 of these in my life. You know what this is? A sweater from grandma. I already know. I don't even got to look inside of it. I already know. Or you get a card like this. It's stuck in the tree. You get a little card. I already know what this is. This is a $10 iTunes gift card from my from my uncle. So I'm already, I already know what it is. But as I've gotten older, you know what kind of gifts I do like? These kinds of gifts because I don't know what's in it. There's some magic a part of. There's something in it that I don't know. The older I've gotten, the longer I've spent in church, the less magical Christmas is to me. The longer I've been saved, the less magical Jesus has been to me. It's almost like the longer I've spent with Jesus, the more familiar I get with Jesus, and the less faith I have in Jesus. Because I've seen it, I've seen Christmas last year, the year before, the year before, same arguments. Same money problems, same marriage problems, same, same mental health problems. It's the same thing every single year. Don't allow your familiarity with Jesus to rob your faith in Jesus. Don't let it rob it. Because the older I've gotten in my life, the less, I de- ooh, the less I depend on Jesus and the more I depend on myself. Christmas has lost its magic to me. You know how many services I've been to? You know how many Christmas services I've preached same thing, every single. When did grace get When did grace get boring? When did mercy get boring? When did love get boring? When did the baby in the manger who rescues me from my sins get boring? It's because I'm familiar with it. It's because I've heard this story a bunch of times. but that's why whenever you see somebody that first gets to know Jesus, that's, they get so excited, don't they? They're telling everybody about Jesus why they're not familiar with them. He rescued me. We forgot that he rescued us. We done forgot about it. They didn't because it just happened. That's why every year it's almost like God goes, all right, during Christmas time, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to focus on my son. We're going to focus on the baby in the manger because you forgot what the baby did for you. You forgot how he saved you. You forgot how he changed you. You forgot how he saved your mental health. You forgot. And so Christmas time comes around. Let's not forget. But if you have a Bible, you turn. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. The Christmas stories in Luke, 2, But, did you know, they've been talking about Christmas for years before that. Thousands of years before that. If you have a Bible, you turn to Isaiah 9. There was a prophecy about Christmas. There was a this dude's coming about Jesus. There was a you better be ready for Jesus. And I think a lot of us, we've received gifts. I don't know that we know how to open gifts properly. We've received the gift of grace. I don't know that we know how to unpack the gift of grace. A lot of us have heard about Jesus, but we don't know about Jesus. A lot of us have received the grace of Jesus. We haven't gotten to know Jesus. And there will be a moment where you have to figure out, have I spent real time talking to God? Have I spent real time worshiping God? Have I spent real time reading the word? Have I spent real time? Or we'll think our faith is broken. A few years back, we got our daughters and and they were too young. We got them. uh, They were like four years old. We got them tablets. They were too young to know what to do with them. So they got the tablet and they, they pressed, they turned it on. And then they hit a button and it went back home. And then they began, they hold it up to me and their mom and they go, fix it. Fix it, it's broken. Fix it. And we grab it and we look at it. And we click the button and then they grab it again and they start playing. Then they break it again and they got tired of the tablet. Was it because the tablet didn't work or because the tablet was broken? No, it was because they didn't understand how to use the tablet. And many Christians, we, we accepted Jesus. We don't understand Jesus. We've never read the word that tells us about Jesus. So we go, God, there's money problems. And he goes, I promise I'd be there th- with you through the money problems. You go, nope, it's broken. I never signed up for money problems. I never signed up for marriage problems. I never signed up for trauma to creep back. I never signed up for my past to creep back. And he goes, you thought you think your faith broken? No, no, no. Your understanding of your own faith is broken. And I don't always understand. We think it's just the baby in the manger. That's all it is. That's, that's what Christmas is to us. But in Isaiah 9, 6, it tells us who the child is. So if you have a Bible, you turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 online. Are you still with me? Let's get a pop in. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. And this part, the South doesn't like this verse. The government will rest On his shoulders, and this is for somebody that's dreading to talk to an uncle or something at the family dinner that always wants to talk politics, go, hey, I talk about Jesus. All of them exist because of Jesus. All of them exist because Jesus existed. I'm not trying to talk about who's running here, who's running here. I'm talking about how I'm running to Jesus. That's all I'm talking about today. Everyone else exists because every single political party rests on jesus that's why i don't get into the conversations i'm too busy i even had enough conversations about jesus to talk about them but a lot of times we'll only talk about them because we don't have enough to talk about jesus we don't understand jesus we understand politics more than we understand the prince of peace and we can't do it we can't do it we can't do it look at what it says for a child is born to us a son is given to us the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called here are the if you grew up going to school I'm I'm doing homework with my daughters these are adjectives this explains who he is I forgot what adjectives were until we started doing English again I can't do math with my daughters can't do it they learn a different way now and I don't know how to do it I hardly learned my way let alone their way I do up and down they go side to side and they keep going they keep going don't ask me I don't know Let's go back. Verse six. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called four things. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and the last one and the one we need them, the prince of peace. But look at the the very beginning. What does it say? For a child is born to who? Us. Me, a gift is given to me. It is for me. It is packaged for me. Jesus was given to you. No matter what you look like, what you sound like, how you talk, what you're going through, what you've been through, how much money you got in the bank account, how many followers you got on the ground. Jesus was given for one person, you. But you will allow everything and everyone. You know how many times I hear, if I walked into church, lightning would strike me. You are not that bad. You are not more bad than God is good. This is for a child is given to you for you, wherever you're at, wherever you've been, wherever you're going. He has been given to you on Christmas. He said, I, you are not that bad. Watch how good I am. Watch how I sit in this manger for you. Watch how I live a sinless life because you can't. Watch how I die for your sins because you wouldn't or you couldn't. Watch me. Watch what the kids say, watch him cook. Watch, watch Jesus cook. Watch him. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called. And what's the first thing? Wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. Not only, And, and a lot of us, we think Jesus just came to save us from our sins. No, he came to save you from your bad decisions. He came to guide you in every decision you're about to make. He came to walk right next to you when you don't know what to do, when you don't know how to move, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know who to date, when you don't know who to marry, when you don't know. He says, "I'm this is why I came, not just to save you and take you to heaven, but to get you where you need to go here today on earth. And we'll run to everyone else but to Jesus. Can I get a gift? We got a bunch of gifts. Uh, can, can I get some gifts this Christmas? Can I get some gifts out? Let's see. Let me let me go into my gift bag. Let me go into into my gift bag. Are you ready? Y'all listen, don't laugh at me when I'm about to tell you something about my story, my testimony. Y'all don't laugh at me. okay? are y'all cool with that? Are y'all cool with that? When I was younger, I loved getting fortune cookies more than anything else. I loved fortune cookies. I loved going to the store, like the, the Japanese restaurant, getting a fortune cookie and opening it and getting the most generic piece of advice in the world. Happiness will come your way. And I remember being young and going, that is the word that I'm going to believe in? This is the word? I'd walk down the street, I'm happy, I'm happy, it's coming, it's happy. And I remember my life changed when I found out humans wrote these My life changed when I found out like magical fairies didn't write these. But the humans wrote these. And the older I got, I found out people wrote horoscopes too. And for the longest time, I I then figured out that there are so many people trying to give me wisdom and give me advice. But I have a spiritual calling that I don't need a physical man to give me advice about. So many of us want... The miracles of God, but we still want to follow man's advice and we can't do that. You have been something has been placed inside of you that no man. If you can't get you through it, what makes you think another man can get you through it? You've got to run to the Holy Spirit, but we'll listen to horoscopes more than we listen to the Holy Spirit. I have got to run to the word every single day. I've got to get a word, not from here, not from anywhere else. I've got to run to the word and go, God, what have you called me to do today? And that's why when it says that Jesus came on Christmas, he came to be your counselor. To give you the advice you don't understand, that you don't know, that you lean into the spirit. But and just, you know, it's crazy. I didn't say this in first service online. So you already know this is already going off the rails. Every piece of advice you read from anywhere else, a blog, a fortune cookie, a horoscope, online, a book. So why do we freak out when we got to read this? You will read every other piece of advice. But then the moment someone goes, you read the Bible, you go, whoa. Would I look like a knight or a princess or something? What are we talking about reading a scroll? What are you talking about? You will read any other piece of advice. But the moment someone goes, you read the word today? What? The Bible? I don't know about that. You had no problem reading everyone else's stuff. When did I have a problem reading what the Holy Spirit has for me? When did I have a problem there? But it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called, number one, wonderful counselor. Number two, what will he be called? Mighty God. Meaning, I will come to bring you power. You will see me powerful. That baby, don't get it twisted. That baby's powerful. Don't get it twisted. Everything that happened on Christmas wasn't just cute. It is powerful. And guess what? You have that same power. But too many of us walk around defeated. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm not called for this. I'm not anointed for this. That's not my gift. What? The Holy Spirit that has all gifts lives inside of you, and he'll activate any gift when you need it. He doesn't need, oh, I got these two. No, there are a bunch that you've got because it's the same spirit giving that, that has all the gifts. You may use a couple a lot, but when you need to speak a word over someone's life, you'll get it. Not because you know the words, but because the spirit knows the words. Don't doubt the spirit that lives inside of you. That's why I came to bring you power. But what, what robs us of power more than anything else? And I'm not, listen, I'm not talking about steroids. I'm not talking about bench press. I'm not talking about getting big. I'm not talking about the gym. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the power that you wake up and you walk with a swagger. I'm talking about you walk in confidence in your marriage, in your finances, in your, at your job. You walk in and you walk with a boldness. You walk with a swagger that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I've got power, but what robs you of power? Well, what robs you of God's power? I got another gift is right here. It's a mirror. The devil will get you looking at yourself and your failures and your past and your bad decisions. Let me see. I look good. You ever been staring in the mirror for a really long time and you start noticing things about you you never noticed before? You go, "Who is that? <laughs> Who is this? I look rough. And you start noticing blemishes? You start noticing things you don't like about yourself. You start noticing scars you have from your past. You start looking and you get really insecure the longer you look in this mirror, don't you? And why? It gets uncomfortable when you stare at yourself, doesn't it? You start looking at everything that's wrong with you. So the devil, to keep you from accessing what God has for you, he'll say, I want you to look at you rather than look at him. And the longer you look here, you won't look there. And you'll look at how powerless you are. But the thing about Jesus, he says, I don't need you to be powerful to be powerful. I don't need you to be great for me to be great. I just need you to stop looking at you and look to me. That will rob you every single time. I don't got the followers. I don't got the money. I don't got the look. My hair doesn't lay like that. I don't sound like that. You know how many times I wish I sung? Ooh, I would never talk. But that's why God didn't allow me to sing because he needed me to talk. You go, God, why don't I have this gift? He says, because I needed you to have this gift. I needed you to look like this because there's somebody that's going to look like you. And if you'll step out and if you'll share your story, you'll encourage them. But we'll spend more time trying to look like everyone. I'll get this mirror. Oh, all, all week this week when I got this thing, I'd walk into the kitchen. I'd be like, mirror, mirror on the wall. And the girls are around. Who's the most fairest one of them? And they're like, me, me. And I'm like, me. And they're like, dad, no. I was like, I am beautiful. Says it in Psalms. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Back off. Back off. But the enemy goes, if you... I just got to keep you. I just got to keep you from being. I got to keep you from looking to Jesus. Jordan, if you want to come, I just got to keep you from looking at Jesus. And anytime, anytime you start stressing about your situation, ask yourself, are you trying to figure it out or are you looking to God to figure it out? And when you stress, it's probably because you are over here going, okay, if I get this job, if I make this much money, if I do this, if I sell this, if I donate this kidney, I think we can make it happen. And he's like, why... You're thinking all about you. Get out of the mirror. I came to give you power, but you don't want to look at my power. You want to look at your powerlessness. But isn't that the thing about God? He does not need you to be good for him to be good. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians. I don't know the exact address. I can't remember, and I really need to, and I think that this is, this is going to be the story of my life, and I want to, I want to speak this over your life. It says, God will use the simple to confound the wise. He will use the person that doesn't know much to trip everyone out. He will use a person with not that much money to fool the people that have a lot of money. He will use the people that don't know much about ministry to change the world. He'll use the people that don't know how to preach to change the world. He'll know the people that don't know how to sing to inspire a generation to learn to sing. To want to sing. Because people go, Tyler, how, and, and I did a podcast this past week, and they're like, tell us all about it. And you know what I said? They said, what's the strategy? What's the system? I said, I don't know. Just God's been moving. They said, but there's got to be something. I said, yeah. His name's Jesus. I got nothing for you. I don't know. There's no, there's no... Plan, there's no uh, Excel spreadsheet to teach this. I just wake every day and I pray and I read and I go, God, I don't have much, but this is what I got. This is my story. This is my trauma. And he's like, share it. I go, oh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. He says, but that's the simple ways that you'll confound everyone else. No one else wants to do that. Everyone else wants to make money and look good. He says, in the midst of you looking bad back in the day, I'm about to change the world. I'm about to change the world. So what does it say about Christmas? Isn't it crazy? We didn't learn about this Jesus. I learned about the baby in the manger Jesus. No one ever told me he walked right beside me, that he came to give me power and make me strong. Because I don't understand the manger. I don't understand the nativities. I don't understand Christmas. I don't. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He'll be a father to the fatherless. And you can have a father and feel fatherless. No one to talk to. No one that would hold you when times got hard. He says, I will be... what I love more than Father is his everlasting. His love doesn't run out. It doesn't know how to run out. He couldn't run out if you asked him to run out. He can't do it. He doesn't know how to do it, but too many Christians have daddy issues. We've allowed a man on earth to rob us of an intimacy with our heavenly Father. I've known abusive father. I've known absent father. I've known father I was too much for. You ain't never been too much for the heavenly father. He has never abused you. He has never been absent to you. He has stood right there. He doesn't know how to not love you. He can't do it. He couldn't do it if he tried. He says he will be an everlasting father. A love that will never run out. A fatherhood that will never run out. Arms that will hold you and they'll never let go. Can I run to the gifts real quick? Don't laugh at me. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers Podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. You know what I love about being a dad more than anything else? When I play Barbies with my daughters, they go, dad, come on, come play. The playhouse is set out. And I sit down and I go, what's the gossip? Tell me all about it. And they're like, she does not like her. And they're like, do her hair. And I start doing the hair and we start talking and I go, whose pet is that? Well, she likes him, but then this, this pet's going to go this way to this, this, to this Barbie play Barbies because I can gain anything from playing Barbies. I play Barbies because I want my daughters to know I'm interested in everything they're interested in. I love Barbies not because I love Barbies. I love Barbies because my daughters are holding the Barbies. I love entering into my daughter's world to be interested in what they're interested in. When Jesus came to earth, when Jesus entered our world, he didn't just come to rescue us and to rule us. He came to have a relationship with us. He said, what are you interested in? What's going on in your life? What are your hobbies? What's the desires of your heart? Show me, not because I just want to rule you, but because I want to have a relationship with you. He said, tell me all about it. But our relationship with God gets complicated because we don't want to spend time with him. When was the last time you told God all about the drama at the dollhouse? When was the last time you spent time telling him everything that's happening in your life? The little things. Listen, I know he came to do a big thing. And on Christmas we can go, but Jesus came to rescue us from our sins. Yeah, but he also wants to talk to you about the person that stabbed you in the back. He didn't just come for that. He came for you today. He didn't come just to rescue you or to to bring you to heaven. He came to walk with you on earth. That's why he's here with you. But we won't put in the work to go, this is what my life looks like. This is what I'm going through. And he goes, I'm interested. Not because he has anything to gain from it, but because you're holding it. And he's interested in you. And a lot of us have never had a dad that's been interested in us. We've never had people that are interested in us. We've never had somebody to sit down and go, I want to know everything about you. Tell me what you're going through. And it gets uncomfortable. Our prayer life gets uncomfortable because I don't want to vomit on him. I don't want to vent on him. I don't want to tell too much. And he's like, no, 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 no. I care about this because you care about this. I want to rescue you because I love you. I love you. So what does this say? Why did Jesus come? For a child is born to us. A son was given to us. And the son would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the last thing, Prince of Peace. To bring us peace. Where does the enemy, what does the enemy steal first? He knows if he can rob the peace, he's got your mind. And then if he gets your mind, he'll take your heart. And if he can get your heart, he'll take the spirit away. He takes the joy away from you. He takes the strength away from you. But he starts in one place, peace. And I used to think peace was like this force field aura I could get. If I got peace, I could stand in this and nothing would happen. No! Peace is not no problems. Peace is knowing who solves problems. Peace is not no messes. Peace is knowing the miracle worker. Peace is not no rain. Peace is where I know where to run when it does rain. Peace is not something you can get. It's someone you can know. But you want to pray problems away rather than go give me peace within the problem. God, just take it all away. And he's like, but then you won't grow. Then you won't grow. And growth is always to grow something. Friction has to be around it. Growth has to have friction attached to it. It has to. And you go, take it all away. He's like, then why did I send my son? I wouldn't have sent my son if I was just going to take away all your problems, take away all your sin. i just take it all away. He's like, I'm more interested in you becoming everything I've created you to be. And that requires some friction. Can I get the last thing out? My The... The last gift as we talk on peace. Every Christmas, it seems like photo albums get pulled out. And every year, I stop at these two photos because these photos give me mixed emotions for years and years. These photos brought me shame, guilt. 13 years ago, I was in a car accident. My brother and my best friend passed away and I was driving the car. And so every holiday season, these pictures come out. And for years, these pictures, I was so scared of them I was so scared of these pictures. But then God said, look at the other pictures you have around it. And I saw a picture of me and my wife. And I saw a picture of my children. And I saw a picture of some of my best friends. And I saw all these pictures, but these two pictures from my past, they robbed me. They robbed me of enjoying all the other pictures that were around it. When I only looked at these pictures of what I lost, I lost I, I couldn't look at the pictures of what I had gained, and I had lost sight of the big picture. that God was in these pictures, God was in the future pictures, God was in the now pictures. But the easy thing is to never look at these pictures because they bring us shame, they bring us guilt. When God goes, no, I was there the whole time. I did something in it. I did something through you. I grew you. You might not even have these pictures if you didn't have these pictures. And you'll lose sight of the big picture that God was always there. He was always present and he was always doing something for your good. But the devil just wants you to stare at these pictures, doesn't he? So you can never look at what God's doing now and what God's going to do in the future. You will stare and you will stare. You'll stare at the past hurt. You'll stare at the past trauma. You'll stare at everything else. And God's like, I'm right here. I'm here to give you peace. Yes, it hurts. I never said it wasn't going to hurt, but I'm still holy in the hurt. I didn't say it wasn't it was going to be good all the time but I still have grace in the good or the bad does not matter yes you messed up there's mercy for it stop staring at everything the devil took from you start staring at everything I did through what he tried to steal from you he's done too much And on Christmas, the the enemy, the first thing he wants to do, he wants to rob your peace. And most of the time, he robs your peace by bringing up your past. Every time. He'll go, look what happened the last time you did that. Look what happened the last time you tried that. Look at what happened the last time someone did that. Look at the last last time you got close to somebody. But he says, I'm the wonderful counselor. I'm the mighty God. I'm the everlasting father. I'm the prince of peace. Trust me. This Christmas, trust me. Just trust me. And I think more than anything else for us, for you, I need peace. I need peace in my mind. I need peace in my heart. I need peace in my spirit. I need peace in my marriage. I need peace in my parenting. I need peace in my finances. I need peace. But I'm not praying problems away. I'm not saying, God, take it away. I'm saying, God, be with me in it. Be with me in it. I want whatever you, why, wh- however you allowed for this to happen, why ever you allowed for this to happen, I want to sit in it and I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to be the best that I can be. I just need your peace in it. Give me peace. And peace is not something you can get, but it's someone you can get to know. And this Christmas, can I pray that over your life, online, in-house? That you would understand that Jesus was given to you. All of your anxiety with the government, it rests on his shoulders. You don't need to stress it all. You know why? Because he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's a father whose love can never run out. And he's a prince of peace. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We give today to you. We give our mindsets to you. We give our hearts to you. We give our spirits to you. We give our marriages to you. But it's been a long time since we've had peace. It's been a very, very, very long time. And today, I don't don't pray my problem away. I lean into the Prince of Peace. I lean into the mighty God. I lean into the everlasting Father. I lean into my counselor that only has wonderful advice, that's only been there, that only knows the right answer. And this Christmas, we glorify you. We glorify you. We glorify you. It's your name we pray. And everybody said, amen.